He was like, well, we don't have it. I'll just bankrupt the team. I said, we can either go to FIBA, and you don't want me to go to FIBA. So okay. these kids are almost famous for at this. Not almost. They are, right? The, the business of basketball yeah. is not just NBA. No. He didn't start me, and he was like, you don't play fucking defense. 20-something-year-olds, you're, you're finally just learning how to yeah. play? Whew, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Well, welcome to another episode of Flip Your Friday. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey LeBlanc. We have a really special guest here today. I'm really excited. Man, Frank, thank you for driving down from L.A., man. You never know how Ooh. that traffic is. <laughs> I got hit pretty hard. Yeah, I'm sure you did. People uh, coach, were running across the freeway. Man. Yeah, that's what happens in L.A. It's very dangerous. <laughs> the world's upside down right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, obviously, but uh, Coach Frank Robinson, let me give you a little background on on, on what's going on here. He was a division, a true Division One athlete, Casey. Played actually under a very, very uh, special coach in Bob Burton. Bob Burton. You know, it, what's interesting is Bob actually coached me at West Valley when I was a kid um, and went on to just do tremendous things as a coach and and his role actually in your life I would say was was pretty significant yeah um, and we I might want to walk into that a no, little bit for sure, for sure. Um, but after his collegiate uh, career he actually played uh, professional basketball for 10 years and that's where I want to start digging into this because one of the first things that I want to to capture is uh, not necessarily your collegiate career, although we might turn to, to Bob Burton as, as actually a founding a mentor for you and the role of coaching and how it works in business and and in basketball. Absolutely. But what, what I want to dig into right away is something that, that we touched on with Horace was you found that, you know, the role of an agent um, wasn't as, as necessary for you as as one might think, and that you started negotiating your contracts as a professional very early on. And I want to know what was your thought process behind that, and why did you feel uh, armed with enough uh, knowledge and, and experience to negotiate your own deals? Man, well, first of all, uh, I've always been someone that thought outside of the box. I wanted to make sure that I did have that information, right? Like, as a basketball player, your lifespan is very short. And I knew that I, w I had a, a really special bond with the sport of basketball, with the sports industry. I've always been fond of, of, of learning different things about business. And I wanted to stay in the business of basketball. So when I didn't get drafted, that was the first time that it hit me. Although I signed on draft night to the Atlanta Hawks, it hit me like, wow, it's even shorter than I thought, you know what I mean? Because if if that team didn't sign me, there's only 29 other teams, right? That's not a lot of teams. And I wasn't considered one of the top 60 players, you know what I mean? So, By the way, not just in the U.S., in the world. In the world, right? So I started to think, man, like, okay, my senior project was the concept, you know, that, that we've been talking about with the district. But how do I get there if I don't have any one? I'm I'm broke. I'm fresh out of college. I don't have any business experience. I don't come from a family uh, that has business experience. So as a rookie, man, I, I just decided like, okay, how do I reverse engineer my retirement? You know, and it and it started there, being able to to have a, a agent who was 
you know, at the time he was just getting started. We were with Priority Sports. His name's Aaron Mintz. Um, Chicago. Yeah. Um, Aaron Aaron is actually from the Valley. I'm sorry, Priority is. Yeah, Priority is yeah. from, from Chicago. Um, and, cool, like, shout out to him for being uh, willing to teach me the business, mm-hmm. right, and and allowing me to go and explore and and talk to teams and research situations and stuff like that because if it weren't for that early on, I wouldn't have been able to go in and start trying to figure out how to negotiate my own contracts. By, what, the end of my rookie year, I was signed with the Hawks. I was released by the Hawks. They put me on the team overseas. I was one of two rookies playing EuroLeague, which is the highest level in Europe. What country? I was in Slovenia. I played for Ljubljana. Side note, uh, Luka Doncic was on the youth team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we all remember him because he, you can see at a very young age. You knew age, he was going to be a prodigy. Yeah, he, was, he was tough. Yeah. But it was myself and Brandon Jennings who ended up yeah. going out of high school. He went overseas instead of going to college. And both of us are from Compton, so we were in contact, you know, just trying to keep each other sane. It was our first time abroad, um, and we ended up playing each other. He was on the team in Italy. But even in that process, my coach got fired. You know what I mean? He was the first coach that tried to teach me how to play basketball the right way. Now I'm like, I don't know what to do. Well, know? wait a second, wait a second. What do you mean? So, look, you're, you, you've you played all your life. You've you've been drafted by arguably the mo- one of the most elite teams in the world, mm-hmm. and yet you're saying at, what, 20-something-year-olds, you're, you're finally just learning how to yeah. play? Yeah. Well, it man, the development you know process in America is a little different. Um, I think the more talented you are, the less people want to teach you. Yeah, that's a great point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm 6'3", 205 pounds. I'm in the top percentile in athleticism. I can shoot the ball. Well, we can, we're just going to use him for what he has. You know what I mean? Because there's another kid that's coming that has a different set of skills. So why should we waste time teaching him when, when we can use him and he's pretty good at what he does? Wow. But all of that plays a part, right? It's just me wanting to learn and, and eager to learn more. Um, and this coach, he, he spent a lot of time teaching me how to play, teaching me read, stuff like that. But at the end of that season, uh, man, it was, it was kind of crazy because the coach got fired. I had to change teams. I'm depending on somebody else, right, to find me a team. As your agent. You're depending on your I'm, agent. Well, well, this is what happens when you go overseas – your primary agent isn't looking over your career. It's the European agent that you uh-huh. never met, and he's a partner of the American agent. And I'm like, yo, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to spend, you know, 10 years, which was my goal to play 10 years, depending on somebody else to find my jobs for me. You know what I mean? And I called Aaron, and I told him, like, Aaron, look, I, re- I basically have a plan for the next 10 years, right? I called Horace. I have a plan for the next yeah. 10 years. This is what we have to do. Going into my second year, Atlanta brought me back. The coach that they put me with was a scout for Atlanta, for the Hawks. So the whole thing was to try to prepare me for year two. Um, and this is where it gets tricky, right? <laughs> <laughs> I go to training camp. I have an amazing training camp. Uh, in practice, in the games, Consistent. I even it was I'm scoring like you know I played a, a game and, and Mike Bibby laughs about this with me Jamal Crawford also 
we played a game to five. I'm on the third string against the starting five. They're beating us, uh, I think it was 15 to three. I scored 21 points in a row. Right, it's a blow. It's a game called blowout. So there's no like takeout. You just you try to score as quick as you can. Juan Dixon decides that he wants to take the last shot. I've just scored 21 points. Juan, I don't know, what to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and he misses. They go down and, and Josh Smith dunks the ball. After it was over, the whole starting five came like jumped on me like yo, that was crazy. So the you think you're gonna make the team? It, I was told that I would make the team, right, and. To, to be fair, like, I would have made the team. Jason Collin broke his foot. You needed a big man. So now you replace the spots you're going to give me with the big, with the big man. Yep. This is the day before the opening night. So I'm coming downstairs. I've already, like, Sekou Smith, rest you, in peace. You have your locker. You have your jersey. I'm in between Mike Bibby and Jamal Crawford. That's where my, my – You've made it. You've made your childhood <laughs> dream. <laughs> right. So year one, you know, you get cut. They call right. you to the general manager's office. Year two, they called me to the general manager's office. I'm thinking, like, we're getting ready to go to Memphis. Yeah. I walk in the room, and Rick's sons, no, Mike Mike Pendergraph, or David Pendergraph, was red in the face, right? And he's like, I walk in, I'm like, this energy's not what I expected. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I literally, last night, they told me you made the team. And I sit down, nobody's talking to me, right? The coach comes in, and the, the GM just starts shaking his head, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, man, amazing training camp. Like, you did your thing. It's not what you want to hear. Jason Collins broke – I mean, uh, one of the twins broke right. his foot, and we had to replace a big man, replace him with a big man. But we don't want you to leave. We want you to stay in the G League until he comes back, and then, you know, we can do what we need to do. My mouth dropped. Right, because I've already like I you mean, got you got your apartment, you got everything. I'm like ready to go, you know. And uh, man, I end up <laughs> I end up firing my agent because I'm in. Well, because it's his fault, it's not your fault. Right, right. You know how that goes, right? <laughs> so I'm a kid, man. I don't I don't think of anything of it, and I'm like I just got mad at everybody. I'm like, man, this is you. I get on the plane, and uh, no, before I get on the plane, Dave Pendergraft calls me. He's like, look. There's nothing to do with you, your game, anything like that, man. Yeah. This is pure circumstance. This is how the business goes. This is now the second time yeah. that I've been in this situation, and I'm like, yo, this can't happen. Second right? time's worse than the first time, it's right? It's worse. Yeah. Because you did everything you were supposed to do. The first time, you don't really know. Now the second time, you know, you know the program. First time, I knew I wasn't ready, mm -hmm. right? Like, that, I'm, I'm aware of who I am, right? Mm -hmm. I, I understand, like, there's steps. The second time, I know I'm ready. I've scored in the games now. Like I think I had like seven points against uh, the the Hornets. I had eleven points against the Trailblazers. You're contributing. I'm in the game, right? So, man, I get I get to the hotel and and I get ready to go home. As soon as I land land back in L. A., my agent called Aaron calls me again. He's like, "You're going to China." I'm like, "Oh, all right, that was quick." You know what I mean? So, go to China. I'm averaging a triple double, and I get cut. Right, <laughs> we're winning. They're like, what, what's your what's your salary in China? Like, what, it was what? like it was it was decent, like three hundred, four hundred thousand for six months at the time. Now they're paying millions. Right? And, and yeah. is the is the dedication of time the same as the NBA in terms of meetings and and what you're what you're needed, or do you have much more free time in China? It's different because they train all day. Wow. Like it's yeah, it's there's no off time. Like you sleep, you train, 
you sleep, you train. <laughs> so it's more rigid than the yeah, NBA. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But so, so my point of bringing all of this in, this was the yeah. last time that I said, like, I, I, I cannot do this and not have a plan. You know, um, when I got cut, uh, they said they wanted me to score more. I'm averaging 20 point triple doubles. I'm like, I don't know how much more I can score. Yeah. You know what I mean? Were but, you always like that as a kid? Like you always had a plan? Was everything always mapped out? Or did you? was it when you got to this point where you're like, hey, I see the world from a different lens at this age so, and being cut? Like how, how did that work? So in high school, man, the high school was the first time like everything was taken away, right? Um, I got in a fight with a teammate. I ended up breaking his jaw, right? It was the kid was a bully, right? And I was defending. I'm the captain on the team. I'm defending my teammates, and I hit him the wrong way, right? I was already committed to Oregon at the time. I lost that scholarship. No other school wanted to touch me because, oh, he's a hothead. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it was at that point that I realized, like, all of the stuff around you is fake. The moment something happens, they wash their hands from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And college was the first time that I saw everything clear, you know, because from 14, 15 years old, I was this highly talented kid. I watched everybody leave, you know what I mean? I saw people that, that were supposed to be, like, day one, turn their backs. like So leave your life. They left. Like, they counted me out. It was over, you know what I mean? And I went to prep school. Coach Ed Jones was my coach. And he start telling people, like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This this is a great kid. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't – there's no signs of an anger issue. There's no signs of disrespect. He's actually a straight-A student. I was. I graduated college with a 3.9, graduated um, – finished uh, – I'm sorry, finished high school with a 3.9, finished college with a 3.7. Yeah. So I was always, you know, on top of my schoolwork. And he's like – this is a this is a division one leader, not just a player. And just from that one incident. That one incident yeah. took everything, but it changed the way I approached it. Right, right. I had to grow up fast. And when I got back home from China, my son was gonna be born within the next few months. So I told my agent I'll just go to the G League. Um Explain just for some of our audience, because not everybody understands the mm -hmm. Ecosystem of basketball, but in the context of what a G League is, would so you mind just digging in for real quick? The NBA second? Development League um, okay. is called the G League. At the time, it was called the D League, which was Development League. Um, and I played for the Lakers development team. So this is where I reconnect with Horace, right. right? And I started to talk to Horace about my senior project, which was the, the concept district. of the district. He started to talk to me about what he was working on, which was a, a tech project called Swizix, Small World Success Exchange, right? And we just start talking, and, like, now we're we're not even roommates on the road, but we find ourselves, like, in the same, you know, same room or in the lobby. Like, the games are happening. We're ready for the games, but our focus is on, like, when we retire, we're going to be ready. Focus is on a plan. Well, on this plan. Is one, one thing to keep in mind for people that are listening that, that don't have a basketball background, though, is that the relationships that you're building yeah. and the network of people and the ideas that can come from some yeah. of this stuff. Like, a lot of people bash on school, and I, I do, too. Like, uh, like I, I, do, yeah. I do it. But there is some, some 
like idea of benefit of you will potentially meet your wife there. Yeah. You'll meet uh, friends or business, future business partners. Like if you use school for what it can be good for. So similar to you in the development league, yeah. you're, you're, you're in like a lot of people that are in that position are going out at night or, right. or doing stuff, but you're looking at who are the people that are around me that we can, we can start talking about Man. business and like people don't do that enough. And we, we honestly like, we got looked at like we were weirdos because we didn't go out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we were like, I'm like, bro. That's when you know you're doing something good. I was yeah. excited yeah. about it. You know yeah. what I mean? I never wanted to be like everybody else right. anyway, you know. And no knock on anybody because, I mean, I went out too when I was younger. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? But it was more important to me to to see the situation, right? I'm in the G League. You're not making any money in the G League. You know, it's probably like I think at the time thirty thousand was the max contract, right? For the year. For the year. So it's so, like minor leagues in baseball. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad, yeah. right? If I didn't go to China that year before, do it. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I have right. a son on the way. You know what I mean? Like I know I have a promising career, but I'm one injury away from that not even happening. Right. right? At this point, we already realized that. So what we started to do is really study the industry, and not just as the agent, not just as a coach. How do we run a team? Like, how do we use the relationships that we're that we're building with these people and these af- athletes and these coaches and these trainers and stuff like that? And so leveraging leveraging the the, the things that you've seen, mm-hmm. but also trying to identify where the gaps are, right? Where the gaps are. So okay, and, that, and that's that's where his concept of Swizix started to uh, become a really big thing. Um, we saw that if someone was able to bring everybody into one place, it would just make all of this stuff make more sense. When, can you give us some idea of what everyone in one place? So who are, who are the everyone? So there's professionals within the industry that have different skill sets, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, coach. You have your athletic trainer. You have your physical therapist. You have your strength coach. You have your journalists. You have your videographers. You have... Uh, marketing personnel, you have. So you're taking an industry, the, the industry being basketball, and you're saying every. Let's break it down. Okay. All the way. So every, it's like a tree, right? Yeah. And the, the, the foundation of the tree, yep. the, 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 the trunk is yep. basketball. And then all the limbs that are coming off of it, all the leaves yep. are all different things that you guys are trying to, yep. is it monetize or. Or just well, recognize. Or just, re- well, okay. We were, we were, we made it a point to shine light on the people that we knew that were in these industries or in that field within the industry. Okay. Right. And what we did, this is 2010, right? What we did was start to build a network of people to whenever someone needed something, they knew to come to us. Mm. And now we become the middleman for a bunch of situations, not really asking for anything. Right. It was really, let's let us help you. You know what I mean? Literally, I think maybe like, this was 2010, maybe 2018 was the first time we started to try to monetize off of that, right? Did but, you feel something when you got your first paycheck? When when somebody paid you, like, money for what you had been doing? Related. For what you were for, Absolutely. Right? You did this for eight years. Yeah. You, are, you are basically, it, you know, passing. So so our company name uh, is Layer Cake, right? One of, it's a movie. But it's a movie that Horace put me onto. And one of the the lines is the art of good business is being a great middleman, right? And that's what we became, right? We became really good middlemen where your morals have to be intact. Your character can never be questioned. Honesty was always in the forefront. And then having 
having the ability to execute was was also important. These are all things that we learned in basketball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Your teammate has to depend on you. Being on time is a major thing. Um, understanding the game plan. You know, all of these things came from who? You know right. what I mean? So, again, to tie back to the original, sure. being able to negotiate my own contract, it started off as a gamble, right? Like, all right, I don't really know the business. I know I have a lot of relationships. I know that I'm talented enough to pick up the phone and ask someone on the team to speak on my behalf to where the coach would 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 go look at film and then tell the GM to contact my agent, right? All I had to do was get there. When I get there, if I wanted to stay on that team, it's on me, mm -hmm. right? So when I talked to Aaron, this is year four now, I talked to Aaron about um, just having somebody look over the contract. I wanted to negotiate it myself. I wanted to write it. But I wanted him to be able to say, all right, this is good, right? I'd rather do that and learn, and then I can help 10, 15 other people than me going to the NBA and being on the bench, mm. right? Because I'm I, I'm overseas. I'm, in, I'm playing high level. I'm making good money. I'm not sitting on the bench. I'm basically the guy, right? You practice two times a day, but my family's not there, so I'm bored. Why not study? and figure out what's the next move, you know. And Aaron was like, cool, right? Instead of paying my full 10% or the teams would pay it, we would split my my commission. You know what I mean? That's that's the relationship we had, though. Mm -hmm. Everybody's not doing that, especially in this industry. And the, the situation where we first, <laughs> where Horace and I first, like, really did it, I had, I purposely put an out clause in my contract to where the playoffs for Euro Cup would land after the out clause date. And it was a gamble because if I wasn't playing well, you know, they would have just cut me. Right. I'm top five in the, in, the, in the league in scoring. I'm taking the team that never played in this, in this high-level um, league. league, and we're, like, on the verge of making it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? The day, the day my contract was up, I had a 30-point uh, performance against Eric McCullum, who's CJ McCullum's older brother. Mm -hmm. And we going double overtime, and we're going at it. And we win. I hit the game winner, right? How do you cut me at that point? So now we got to seriously talk about the negotiation. You know, we had already been – I actually um, used one of my tickets that I get from the team to fly Horace out. He was with me. He was in between jobs. And we were just work. We were working on our first like huge event that we ran called Sports Summit Eight One Eight in the Valley, but in the at the same time, we were talking about my contract, and we just start writing, start you know looking at different contracts that we used before and putting them together, and I I told him like, let's try to get a two year deal, but I want equity in the team, right? Like that's how well I was playing, you know, and I was like the only, worst thing they can say is no, right? So. We sit with the owner of the team, not the coach, not the GM, the owner of the team. And he's like, so what do you want? I told him I want basically two times of what their budget for the whole team was, right? <laughs> Worst thing they could say is no, right? I didn't want to – I I loved being with my team. I didn't want to be in that place. You know, it was – I was coming off an injury. I wanted – it was a place for me to go and try to prove that I was back healthy. And he was like, all right, cool. 
right? Then I said, I want equity in the team, and I'll stay here for the rest of my career. And he was like, no one's ever asked for that, right? He was like, all right, cool. I was like, okay, this was easy. He was like, do you want your agents to write it up or you want us to write it up? I said, I'll write it up, right? Part of me knows how this stuff works. Like, I'm, I'm, this is 2014, so I'm in year four, and I'm like, there's no way he's giving me, he's going to give me that. Right. So even though you knew he accepted in principle, mm -hmm. you don't believe it once it gets on paper. No, because they'll fight. They'll try to find a way to get out of it, mm -hmm. no matter what. As long as they, as long as you, they can get you for that season. It doesn't matter. It Just doesn't matter. Get you in. Get you in. Perform. We'll figure out how to get you out. Right. So. In my contract, usually you say, if we participate in this event, it'll your contract's fully guaranteed. If if we uh, if you accomplish this, we give you this, right? I changed one word. I put qualify, right? Because it takes it out of out of their hands. Because that participate, they can choose to participate or not. If we qualify, that means I did my job, and it's on the the committee of that league to invite you back, right? We qualified. I don't think they read the contract. So here we are in August. You have to report back to um, training, camp. training camp. We're in July. The coach calls me like, hey, what's up, man? Um, where are you going next year? And I'm like, coming back to see you. <laughs> you, you had a two-year like, deal, right? <laughs> two-year deal. Actually, we had like, a, it was five, right? Because it was like I was, like I said, I, want, equity. Yeah. I wanted to retire right. in 10 years, and I was going into my fifth year. And he was like, well, man, I just talked to Ari and, He's not going to bring you back. And I was like, oh, man. So what's the buyout? He was like, no, no, no. He's, he's, he's like, I was like, bro, I don't even want to talk to you because I don't want you to get involved in this. <laughs> he's an American coach. Like he would, he By would, the way, you are now playing an entrepreneurial role in your own career. Correct. And attorney. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and agent. Yeah. And player. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and I'm not freaking out. I mean, July is really late to not have a team. You leave in August, you know. I'm not freaking out at all because I'm like, either way, I'm getting guaranteed money, you know. So he calls me. Um, is the owner that the calls owner me? calls me? He's like, man, you know, we can't afford you like the budget. I said, man, you knew that when you signed it. He's like, no, we lost a sponsor. Blah blah blah. I said, you're a multimillionaire. You know what I mean? Like, you distribute rocks between China and Finland. Like, <laughs> bro, there's there got to be some type of money or you wouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? Like, who does that, yeah. right? <laughs> so so he's like, yeah, but that's not the team budget. You know, the, the taxes and uh, uh, this is different businesses, blah, 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 right? <laughs> I said, uh, he's like, you know, and we're not participating. We're not going to do Euro Cup this year. We're going to do VTB. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. So um, I would love to play VTB. He was like, yeah, but I don't think, like, no, you're not understanding. I was like, no, I understand. He was like, like, what do you, you keep, you're still talking as if you're coming back. I'm like, well, if you look at the contract, I said, if we qualify, my contract's fully guaranteed. And we qualified. I saw it on Eurobasket. They listed us as one of the teams. I took screenshot it, you know, just because we don't participate doesn't change anything. He was like, what do you mean? I said, I mean, maybe you should call, go look at the contract and then call me back. Like two days later, he calls me back. He's like, "Yeah, so I I read it. Uh, you're right, but man, we don't have the money to pay." I was like, "Oh, you don't have to pay it right away. You know, let's <laughs> let's just figure it out." I, I would like it within six months. He was like, "But we don't have it. I don't, I don't know. I'll I'll just bankrupt the team." I said, "I said we can either go to FIBA, 
and you don't want me to go to FIBA because you were doing some stuff that you you'll, shouldn't have been doing. Lose, you'll lose everything that you have. Yeah. More than that because he was doing, I, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? And when I said that, he said, oh, shit. You know what I mean? I was like, just call me back. Right? He calls me like a couple hours later. He's like, look, we can start paying you in six months. Can we pay you monthly? You know, this point, a full year salary. I said, okay, that's cool. All right, it was that easy. Like I'm not, I'm not. I wasn't a fool to say I'm going to get all five years. Your attention to detail and your acknowledgement of language, even mm -hmm. at that at that mm -hmm. age in your career, was pivotal. Yes, it was pivotal. I had a really, really good agent. You know what I mean? Like I've known the guy since I was 16. He was on his way. He was finishing college at Michigan, right? And we met at an adult league. I'm playing in an adult league. And he didn't know he was going to be an agent. We just had a friendship. Yeah. And we grew together, basically. To this day, we're friends. Like, I, I didn't – I stopped working with him, like, year five because I didn't right. need it. But we were, we were still friends. We, we talked a little bit about that with, with Horace. And what, what's interesting, though, what, what I want to touch into is, you know, you've empowered yourself. You have an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about how you met at, at 16. Mm -hmm. What I want to uh, transition into a little bit is the, the dynamics of – of basketball um, from a youth perspective mm -hmm. because uh, would you say that it's changed significantly from the time that you were Absolutely. 10 and 12 years old and and now and would you mind actually just going over for our audience because this is the, the the business of basketball yeah. is not just nba no uh and it starts at arguably even at eight or nine years old yeah unfortunately so, Unfortunately, <laughs> and but and yet and for me, I understand like almost buzzwords like AAU, yeah. then high school, and then there's academies. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. would you mind just kind of delving into that? I'm just just a, a bird's eye view. Wow, where do I start? It's kind of sad, honestly, um, because I didn't start playing basketball till I was 14, right? Oh. And then I go, I become one of the top players in the country. I play Division One. High school, you did high, high school. High school, right? I didn't play AAU until high school. Okay. And then I go to college, go to the NCAA tournament. I did everything you would want to do as a basketball player, right, except for get my name called on draft night. Right. And now you have specialists at eight, nine years old. Specialists. Like, they, they only want to play one sport, right? There's so many wrongs with that. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's start with physical. Your body doing the same movement over and over and over and over again. By the time you're 15, 16 years old, you start to break down, right? That's why people play multiple sports. Huh. Cross training, right? Football is a different muscle group. Yeah, it is. A different joint group. Soccer is a different uh, joint joint and muscle group, but it also does things for your, for your uh Cerebral. Yeah, cerebral, right. Track works on different things, right? If you do one sport only from that young, you're beating up the joints that that you, you use for that sport specifically, right? Yeah. But now, and back then, this is what we did. We played multiple sports until yeah. 10th grade maybe, right? Then 10th grade, you start to say, okay, this is what I'm getting good at. Now you're starting to identify that in 6th grade. That's four years, mm. you know, Four years of added wear and tear to one specific one, muscle group specific. or way of moving. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and at that age, too, your body's going to develop it, it in different ways to where right. that one particular sport at that age may not be the same. You may not have the physical attributes 
there's a lot of That's, growth, right? So we call it tapping out. A lot of the kids, because they didn't play, play multiple sports, they they don't even realize that they're going to tap out in eighth grade, ninth grade. They're not going to grow anymore. Mm-hmm. They've already, the, the really good kids that are eight, nine, ten years old, not for everybody, but most of those kids, they don't they don't have any more potential. So they they tap out because yeah. you're not adding to your game and then they get bored, right? Or they get pushed too hard young and now they're they're burnt out mentally and emotionally from it, right? Then you have that's the physical. Right. Right. Then you have the the business side of it with them, right? Whew, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. <laughs> As a program director, right, I have to acknowledge that the kids play too much. But I also have to acknowledge why they play too much, right? Everything that is – it's like social media. It's like TV programming, right? The moment rankings became a thing for elementary and middle school, now you're talking about intense competition between – peers when they don't even know each other right you see a name i got to chase this name he's in michigan he's in la i gotta you're go see this third kid. and fourth you have to go watch him play i gotta go see this kid i have to go play against him well it's like what you're talking about with social media right they want your attention like alerts mm-hmm. like these red mm-hmm. alerts right they yeah. want you to keep coming back mm-hmm. clicky dopamine clicking hits. Dopamine dopamine hits. Hits. oh yeah. man see that's you already know so the only way you play against these kids is if you go to these events the event will cost $400. Parking is $20. Entry fee is $45 for the weekend per person, right? So now, now you talk about the economic part, right? Yeah. So the physical is crazy. Now the economic part. But as a parent, you're paying for it. As a parent, you're also seeing this as a potential investment to not have to pay for college. And yes. you also see your son or daughter as yes. the number one athlete yes. in the world because you're, you're, you're the parent. Living, you're living parent. vicariously yeah. through uh, through these kids. 100%. Right? But you're managing, by the way, at the district. Hey, The dynamics of that, I can't even get into, but go ahead. Sorry. But <laughs> no, it, it, but that's the beautiful thing about our parents, though. The families that have been with us since fifth grade, let's call it right after the pandemic, right? All the stuff I was preaching or implementing in my own career, I've been preaching to them. Like, look, it doesn't work that way. The kids you see now that are dominant in middle school normally aren't dominant. They typically don't carry that over. They tap out. The only person that in my lifetime that was the number one player all the way through is LeBron James. It's the only person. Mm. You go to the tournaments, you play, you win. If you're going to the tournaments – to build a reputation at this age is not a good idea. If you're going to the tournaments to face new competition, better players, now it makes sense, right? Because it's the experience experience for the kid, yeah. your kid. How do I know where I stand if I'm not playing the better kids, right? Sure. You have to experience that. So I'm not knocking the tournaments. I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm knocking the purpose of the tournaments. I'm knocking the amount of games that kids play because of the wear and tear. Mm. I, I, I don't think there's a, a, a huge focus on developing skill sets, developing mentals, developing emotional intelligence. Um, 
learning how to fail, right? Learning how to overcome adversity. If you play too much, it's like going to school every day and taking the test without studying, right? For example, we've played 17 games in, since December 6th. We played in three tournaments, 17 games roughly, right? One, we had two showcase games, whatever. There are teams that have played every weekend from November till now, right? They're on track to play about 200 games over, over from November till August. We will probably play 60, right? And at, at this age, that's a good amount of games. And that age is? Uh, seventh grade, 13. 13 you, right? And I'm talking about from December to August. Like, we've already, we're done now until March. But we've played 17 games. So I have film. I have stats. I have my eyes telling me, all right, this kid has worked on this. He's got better at this. This is what we got to do to get him to the next point, right? It's that much detail that goes into our program. A lot of programs, they just play the game, play the game, play the game, play the game, play the game. And to me, if that's – I don't want to knock anybody's program. If that's the way you do it, cool, but understand that this is the consequence. Mm. There's pros and cons to that, right? There's pros and cons to our approach. But our approach would help them for the long term. They'll lack game experience, but they'll be better prepared in, in everything else because the game experience you can get back. Right, because you're going to be able to play a thousand games from now until yeah. high school, and that's the thing that 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 like I'm on the fence about when it comes to AAU. Um, for high school, it's the same, really, right? Like you, the season ends in February, you go to the playoffs March, you start training again with your team in like May, right? From May June. You're talking about traditional high school. Traditional high school. May June is you know, let's get familiar with our new kids, who who did what during the off time is great, right? Then you play summer tournaments with your team. You have your summer your summer circuit, and that's distinct from AAU. If you're in high school, you have your you have high, school, high school summer team, and then you have your AAU team. So you're playing again all summer. When we were playing, it was by August you start getting back with your t- your high school team. More of a break. More break. Then you have your AAU. Your circuit teams are the teams where all the national kids that that are like the higher ranked kids. They go to these bigger tournaments, um, and that was it. Now you're like jumping weekend to weekend playing games, right? And with uh, the academies you brought up, you're basically done when the season's over, right? And I love that because most academy teams. And when we say academy, I'm talking about national schedules, right? Like, yeah, no, explain that to me. Yeah, so, so obviously, so, so high school, it's a tradition. We know high school. Look, mm-hmm. you have your, you have the WCL that we were up in San Jose. There's, there's known uh, maybe six teams in your league, mm-hmm. and whether it's baseball, football, or basketball, mm-hmm. you know who you're gonna play. You yeah. go to what's a CCS or a CIF done here, mm-hmm. and and that's it. And you've showed us the timing, right? Right, right. now. Academy, and we've talked about the educational piece of the academy in the context of high school with, mm-hmm. with Horace, but mm-hmm. from the basketball side, you're saying there's going to be more of a break. So, yeah. so go ahead. So from the, the academy season is my first, last year I coached down the academy, right? right? That's that's Kanye West's school. You're 26 and 7? 20, 20, 26 and 8. Okay, 26 sorry. and 8. How is he as a parent? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I've never been around him and his him and his kids. Oh, okay. So I I, I okay. Um, but when you have when that situation came about because of uh, Darrell Wright gave me a call. Right. So we go uh, ask me if they can use the district. Somehow I ended up being the coach. Whatever. Kanye's right? team. Yeah. Which is Donna, which is an academy. Is an academy. So my intro to academy basketball was, was through that. Kanye. Yes. So I met the team. I met. These these guys and they're how were the rankings of the players? So what do we have here? All top one hundred kids. Division one blue chip. All that. I had seven. No, I had five five star kids. The number one player in the country, the number three player in the country, and number ten. No, number five sophomore in the country at the time. And then everybody else was top one hundred. Are there coaches calling you from universities? My first practice that I ever ran as a head coach, Kentucky was there. Just to give you, like, that it was that. The level. The level, the attention that was on our kids, the attention it There's brought. There's a lot of high schools that get that. No. <laughs> See, you got Sierra Canyon, mm-hmm. and, you know, these type of schools, uh, Centennial. Uh, those type of schools get it, right? But the difference is Sierra Canyon right now can't compete for a national championship, right? Because CIF. Because they control it. The high school dynamics still control because it's almost the old, it's called the older system. Right. Like, so CIF governs all of the teams that compete. What are some names in Sierra Cannon just to, to give the audience some sort uh, of sense of, like, the elite names? It's NBA players' sons, yeah, right? Like, yeah. give an example. So, Brandon Boston, who ended up, he got drafted to the Clippers. Okay. Uh, Zaire Williams, drafted. To, he's a, a rotation player for the Memphis Grizzlies now. Okay. Uh, LeBron James Jr., Zaire Wade, which is Dwayne Wade's son. Dwayne Washington Jr., who's the backup point guard for the Suns. Uh, Cody Riley, who went to the to the Final Four with UCLA last year. Like okay. that's that's Sierra Canyon. That's traditional high yeah, school. Yeah, I'll <laughs> come back now. Academy. Yeah, right. You can't. You can compete with whoever you want. You can almost make your schedule on the fly. Mm-hmm. Right. So the purpose of it is to get all of the the higher ranked kids on. As, as many teams that are academies as possible, right? And you go and you play this national schedule. I was gone every week on a bus or a flight the entire season, right? I would be home for like three or four days out of the week, and then we would leave from – so is this? I guess I'm because um, we're we're talking about this in comparison to the traditional high school mm-hmm. model, right? Is this more for elite? where you, ha- yes. you feel extremely confident that these kids have what it takes mm-hmm. at that age mm-hmm. to division to be division one elite division one yes so okay. so you're preparing them for that type of schedule mm-hmm. you're preparing and from life yeah and life you're preparing them like we called we called because high school is doing them a disservice I wouldn't say that Why I wouldn't not? say that because all of the kids you're talking about 70 80 100 years of history where it worked. Right, where these kids, they, but also too, like all, like new technology, new innovation comes mm-hmm. and disrupts something. Like, yeah, maybe there's not a, like an inherent problem, but mm-hmm. it's better. Is there is there is there any it's, truth it's, to that? No, because it's hard to say, right? Because some of those kids that were the number one kids in the country, number three, number four, the kid, without saying his name, the kid that was number one in the country by the end of the year was seventy seven, mm. right? Because now you're playing playing against elite players. Like all every week, 
you know what I mean? And and it becomes relative. It, yeah. It's but does he? Like, but does he fizzle? Does he get? Does he gets a scholarship? Obviously, he's but. going to Memphis. He's going to Memphis. I just <laughs> fucking hard. <fucking, laughs> right. He's going to Memphis, right? And does he go to Memphis though? If he goes to high school, he was the number one player in the country, he right? Was, so he can go anywhere. Yeah, Kentucky. Now Kentucky's not. He's going to Memphis. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it, so it's. But sports is fickle. Yeah, you it, once you once you start playing against higher levels, right? This and this is the thing about about this industry. If you dominate and put up numbers, it doesn't matter where you go. Let me argue with you here for a second. I love and, it. It's it, <laughs> because maybe being at an academy and going from one to seventy-seven, he's supposed to go to Memphis. So he he because at Kentucky he's going to get buried in the depth chart, maybe never play. And at Memphis, maybe he has better opportunity where they want him more. They see potential in a mm-hmm. different manner because it's not necessarily the scholarship and where you go because at that level, top 100, your, your goal is to get paid to play professionally. But my, what, what, walk, walk me through what your thoughts are on that. My point is the rankings don't even matter, right? Because you're ranking kids and you never you probably didn't see all of them. You're just putting all, you're a name on a list with a bunch of kids. That's, how are those rankings? How, I, I don't know. I've been how, trying to figure it out myself, okay. right? Like, wow. <laughs> okay. okay. So the, the, big, the new thing right now, and I'll go back to what I was saying, right? There's this big uproar about the McDonald's All-American list and who got snubbed and who didn't, right? And everybody keeps saying, so-and-so shouldn't be on there, right? He's only on there because of his dad. He's only this, he's only that, right? Okay, why? Is that a shot at LeBron? Why, <laughs> why, <laughs> what are the criterias that they pick by? Oh, I don't know. So how can you say he doesn't deserve to be there? Yeah. If you don't know what they use to pick these players or pick this list, why? Oh, it's the top twenty six players in the country. Well, he's twenty six. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What do you? It's funny. So there's there's statistics like you're well, life about. is life. Um, people politic in life all the time. Right? Everybody on that list had somebody politic. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. But also too, like that. That's fucking life. That's life, <laughs> right? Like so we, we're, we just want, to it. I think what we want to do in life when you when when you know. Business, life, mm-hmm. sports. There's all kinds of politics. Who right. plays, who makes a right. team, who gets scholarships. Right. There's a lot of shit that goes on that people don't talk about or know about right. or even pay attention right. to. But you just want to know how things – like you want to try to uncover some of that stuff so you know what the politics are, right? I you know what's going on. <laughs> I I know what's going on. But yeah. it's when people make statements like he doesn't deserve this, like, bro, first of all, he's a really good basketball player. Yeah. Let's, let's calm down, right? Yeah. From from my eyes, somebody that's been in this industry for 20-plus years, who played professionally, who's been on the business side as well, who's been able to identify talent and players that Who's nobody, coached the top players in the country. But beyond that, like I w- I have, I've identified four players that end up being in the NBA before people even knew who they were, right? So now when I'm looking at this and I hear people say, oh, so-and-so is better than LeBron James Jr., I'm like, bro, you're crazy. You're just as many people that don't that will that will support Bronny because of his dad. There's the same amount of people that'll that'll hate on him. If not more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can't say, oh, he got this because of his dad, because there's people that like you. He's got a lot of people pulling him in the other in direction the other, too. Man, he yeah. shouldn't be on it. That's a form of hating, bro. You're yeah. one of the people that are on the other side, right? But if you take the emotion out of it and you really look at his skill set, you look at the games, you see, okay, he's a really good defender, high basketball IQ, top percentile in athleticism, he makes shots, and he's a late bloomer. Yeah. Like, that's everything you want in a pro. Right. You get 
the pro pro teams want to be able to say we helped develop this kid, right? He's on track to be that. Huh. You know what I mean? So back back to Donda and and the academies, right? Because he's a he's a high school kid, right? Like, traditional high school kid, right? right? And what the in California at least, what traditional high school kids can't do that academy kids can is compete for a national championship, right? Sierra Canyon travels all across the world, plays the co top competition day in, day out, right? And they can't, those wins just count as wins towards the national ranking, but they can't play in the Geico. Geico is the national, is like, the top is the mecca for the for for high academy. School. Yeah. And do you get paid if you win type thing? You get exposure. You get exposed. I don't know what the what the is the team, but the team like let's say district goes there. Mm -hmm. would, that, would you get hundred grand because you won the? Pot? You probably would be from sponsorships. I got what, it. What percentage of of district or is it district that that are actually getting Division One uh, scholarship or academies in general? Academies, in yeah. academies in general. Yeah, it's got to be a, a much much higher than probably 90 percent. Eighty ninety percent. Okay. Yeah, because you have the. Whether they go to a Pepperdine or to a Duke, yeah, right. right? That's Division One. Still Division One. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? yes. Yeah, you're not paying and, for college, and, right? And what what people, it doesn't always play out this way, but the higher levels that you play in, and participate in in prep in a uh, high school, the more teams feel like you'll transition mm -hmm. and be ready to play because the competition around you, you it has to elevate. Right. right. So, for example. We one, another reason we don't play as often as other programs is we want to play against the top competition in from my seventh grade team, because if I if I continue to play them in lower level uh, events or lo against lower level competition, that's false confidence, right? Then you you end up like a kid that thinks he's really good and then he plays real really good competition. And he can't get off. Now you're stuck. We don't know what well, that he, and like you said, now he doesn't know how to address failure, which is one of the primary tenets that you have at this ex academy. Exactly, is how to address failure? How, how to address through sports? It, through sports, because that's that's in life, right? Um, so to answer your question regarding the 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 scholarship, yeah, like it's a higher percentage anytime. What what are what are you doing at at that level that's different than high school to train on the mental? So we we took a pro prep approach. Right. Like I didn't want to look at at these kids. Like if I, if I have 10 surefire Division one players, like I'm not going to treat them like Division one players like, OK, you guys are already identified yourselves and, and became that. Right. How do we prepare you for the next step? Right. And it starts with being professional off the court mm. because no one's teaching them that. They, they don't understand social media etiquette. They don't understand the value of that tool. Right, it's not just gang gang. We on the we on the web. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you the, have to present the optics and perception yeah, plays a huge role a in huge your career. Role. Absolutely, right. So these kids are almost famous for at this. Not almost. They are right. Yeah. Some of these kids are making more money than the kids on the end of the bench at in the, in the NBA. If I'm being honest, like it's that it's to that point. And shout out to Mikey Williams and his team for being able to put that in place. Because they were the first ones to do it at this level. And when you say they're making money, they're so they it is their social media. So they're they're yeah. they're doing the NILs and all that. NILs, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, we we have um, four things that we really focus on: um, the mental mental health, mental agility, how to how to to be in this space and not let the pressures uh, overwhelm you. Um, uh, social media. Um, understanding how to use it and, and, and the, the, the etiquette you need with that. 
technology in, as a whole, really, not just social media. We offer media speaking courses uh, because when you get into these meetings with these GMs and these coaches, you got to be able to speak yeah. and, and also in front of the camera. Um, and then we have our nutrition. We, we make sure we focus on that and then financial literacy, right? We feel that with those four things and um, you're able to at least have a foundation that's off the court, mm -hmm. right? The way we approach the training is the same, right? My time overseas, Horace's time overseas, we realized that if you're able to get, if you're able to perfect something or get close to it, right, you have more of a chance of having a long career than you do with working on multiple things. And for us, it was also, if I, if I didn't learn how to play basketball until I was 23 years old with a coach that took the time to teach me what I was actually capable of, and if I applied my mind and not just my body, like I can pick apart the game, right? Understanding angles, understanding timing, understanding emotion from the defender, right? Like stuff that I never, no one ever showed me that. If we're able to take these approaches with kids that are super athletic, um, can shoot the ball at a high level, that have speed, but don't know how to play the game, right? They turn into like the European players with that um, attribute, with those attributes. That takes them to another level because you're taking your your natural talent and athleticism and applying a different level of basketball and concept, right? Now you cr you're basically creating super pros. That's how we looked at it, yeah. And it's working. You know so, what I mean? Well, a question that I have for you, and we, we only have a little bit more time, but yeah. I think this is important, is that some of these, and, and we were lucky enough to play Division One, and some, some of the problems in Division One is that you've been told how good you are your entire life. Yeah. And so when you, I would imagine, but I want to get your perspective on it, that do you, is there anything maybe in your training or in, in coaching to try to help develop some of these kids, the adversity? Now, again, they're playing mm -hmm. at a higher level, so mm -hmm. that's going to help. Sure. But these kids have been told how good they are. If they're making a million dollars at the age of 16, like you, how do you control ego well, and how do you try to get, because a lot of these kids too yeah, that a, are in the ESPN top, top 300, they're not going to play in the NBA. This is a great question. I'll tell you because I played at the highest level and because I was one of those kids and because I went through everything that I went through, I knew that I could not approach it the same way everybody else does. I was not kissing their butts. I was not telling them how great they were. I was not, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't not celebrate with them, but I also had to keep it real with them. You know what I mean? And my first couple of weeks, and it's funny, we had, there was a scout that came to our practice. Um, and, and, and she said, <laughs> wow, I've never seen anybody talk to Rob Dillingham in that way. Right. And, and Rob is what number was number two number he's number one. he's still he's he's going to Kentucky um he actually got he, he was he made he didn't get to the McDonald's All-American game and he's probably the, the best point guard in the country mm -hmm. right and she was just like 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 what made you take that approach and I said because I care about him you know like I I, I know that if I tell this kid or these kids or any kid for that matter, everything they want to hear, I'm setting them up for failure. Yeah. Right. And what happens is people 
and this goes back to the AU part, right? Or the industry in itself, the agents, whoever, handlers, whoever, they're so afraid to lose the kid that they don't tell them the truth. Or they don't, they're not, they're not, they're not um, holding them accountable, right? Because it's not necessarily just. They're motivated by the wrong reasons. They're motiv- I, I don't know what their motivation is, well, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But money. They don't want to lose the kid, just the affiliation in itself, because it may uh, be more than money. You could leverage right? it, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And what, what I've learned, because I knew that's what I wanted, right? I just wanted somebody to be honest with me. And because of that, and because I've experienced people trying to latch on to me, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be a part of that. Right. And the outcome is I'm not the coach anymore. And I still talk to these kids almost every week. I'm checking in on them. They're checking in on me. Um, coach Frank, you was right. College is hard. You know what I mean? Stuff like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, like we have a kid, Zion Cruz, who's at DePaul. And the kid is so talented, man. Smart kid. Um, he has the right emotion to be a pro, right? The right game to be a pro. But, man, like, I just had to share with him last week and remind him that, yo, like, the first year of college is like being thrown in the woods. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, you're becoming a man right now. And you have a decision to make. It's either you're going to break or you're going to fight or flight. F- fight through it. And then year two is going to be special, you know? And he 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 texts me back like, Coach, if anybody know it's you, you know what I mean, and and mm-hmm. he told me he loved me, right? But that's that's the relationship you want. You know what's important in both sports and business, and we we met you know with, with Horace as well is the role of mentorship, mm-hmm. whether it's on the court mm-hmm. or in business, is is so important. And the ability to set your ego aside, particularly as you feel like you've grown and you've learned more in business, you still always have to have an open mind. And, mm-hmm. and maybe your your ability to grab onto a, a, a appropriate advice gets it's mm-hmm. better and more refined. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the role of a mentor is so important. Well, and the other thing, too, is like, fucking keep it real like yeah. tell these kids yeah. like what's up and so, not just tell them i mean look i think there's a balance right because they have to respect you you have to earn it to some degree but also too like telling them like guiding them a little bit not just cheerleading yeah, yeah. you know i think yeah. i think some tough love like we've gotten away in this society mm-hmm. of being able to give some tough love to people because people are so fucking sensitive yeah so there is something like hey you remember these times where yeah. you help course correct on people but you do yeah. it through being straight up, being yeah. honest and genuine. He's really good at this, by the way, because I know what he just did. <laughs> Brought it back to Coach Burton. So, look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I know if he to, knew that. I wanted to conclude with it. <laughs> <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> so, so, you're right, right? Um, I had one of the toughest college coaches. And I, I don't even feel right saying some of the things, you know what I mean? Because it was, it was, it was crazy, but wow. Right. Like I, you're talking about a kid who in my, in myself who had the world and had it snatched. And then I had to rebuild from scratch as an 18 year old kid. Right. Which at that point, most people just give up like, bro, I'm just going to find a job. You know what I mean? And I met coach Burton when I was 20 and he was so mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was that good, like, 
he forced a loss of innocence. Yeah, and 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 what hap- what happened over time is that it became a challenge to me, right? Personally, personally, I didn't want to lose to the verbiage. I wanted to prove him wrong all the time. This man didn't start me, right? It, there's no, like no disrespect to any Division One <laughs> college, right? Bro, I'm a high major basketball player, and I'm at Cal State Fullerton, right? I walked in the room like, yo, I'm scoring 20 a night. <laughs> I, he's never going to take me out the game. Pass me the ball. Get yeah. out of my way. Just give me the rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is – I had the red shirt because I transferred in. Red shirt, you know, I'm destroying their best players. Like, it was love, right? They had to humble me a couple times. They wanted to beat me up because I was talking a lot. You know I talk a lot. Yeah. And he didn't start me. And he was like, you don't play fucking defense. I was like, that's not my job. Like, in my mind, <laughs> he's like, you don't play defense. And if you don't play defense, I'm not going to start you. Bro, I'm average. I kid you not, that year, I averaged 12 points a game in 19 minutes a game, right? And I'm like, yo, he's not going to start me. He told me halfway through, like, the first half part of the season, I'm not starting you until you take a charge, right? And I'm like, bro, I'm taking a charge. I've never too taken nice. a charge in my too life. Nice for this. What? That's <laughs> not my job. You know what I mean? We played uh, Wichita State, and I took it. Char- he must have said it to the media because I felt like when I took the charge, the whole gym went crazy, <laughs> right? I took the charge. They called it, and like it erupted. Like ah, I was like, oh shit. So he started me from that point on. Like he was willing to risk losses. You know what I mean? But to he prove taught that you what you're what you're implementing now, which is which absolutely is take the be willing to take the risk and business is risk. Yes, business is risk. Yes. And you're taking the risk to build a, a stronger absolutely. foundation and succeed. Absolutely. And the funny thing about it, this was my sophomore year, my senior year, I was the defensive player of the year. Wow. I go to the Hawks. I I, I get signed by the Hawks because of my defense. So this thing that I fought all this time, it was the thing that got me in the door for my entire career. Like, people didn't know my – they didn't recognize my ability to score until I got to the teams as a pro. But I was known as a defensive guard that was athletic and can shoot. The offensive skill set didn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've I've talked to him about this before, but that – that changed the whole trajectory of my career. And it changed your life. It changed my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was something that... It but at the time, you fought it so hard in somebody in a leadership, coaching, mentorship mm-hmm. role with a relationship that you cared about mm-hmm. that you did not understand. A lot of people don't get that. People yeah. are coming at me like, oh, can't believe they, yeah. they revolt. You tell them that, and they go the other direction, yeah. like you said. Yeah. And that changed your life. It changed my life. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the cool thing about it is that when the Hawks scout came to the practice, we lost to, to a team. I, I had a good game, but we lost. So I was pissed. Yeah. Coach called practice the next morning, and we were all like, why is he calling practice? So there's a scout there, and he's on me. I never said a word. I just did what he told me to do, right? Because now the proof is in the pudding. Like These guys know. My sophomore year, I fought. I finally did it, and then my, 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 my junior year, senior year changed. We're at the end of my senior year. I'm in the run uh, in the run for conference player of the year. Why am I going to talk back to my coach? Everything he told me was this was going to happen. Happen. Yeah. I didn't know he was on me like that because the scout, the scout was there. Yeah. 
the scout, the first thing the scout said to me at the end of the practice was, I can't believe you didn't talk back. You didn't roll your eyes. You didn't. And they watch for that. The intangibles, there's, there's often, I know obviously more in football than, yeah. than, than basketball, but yeah. a, scout will, a scout will look at a film and not look for that catch and that 60-yard yeah. touchdown. They'll look for the drop and take a look at yeah. take a Body look language. at your demeanor. Yeah. Yes, take a look yeah. at how you rebound because if you're in the league, if you're playing at the most elite level, mm-hmm. then you need to know how to take an L yeah. Yeah. and, and yeah. win. And that's and that's true in business. And this yeah. is one of. The, and by the way, thank you very very much for for taking your time to be here. But I do yeah. want to wrap this up that I've seen common themes with 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 you and Horace, and it, it's the role of sports and the game of basketball that it transcends the game. Mm-hmm. It, it teaches you life skills. It teaches you business skills. And, and right now in, in the, in the U S you know, there's this, there was this kind of assault on sports in general mm-hmm. that we need to focus particularly on or more biology or more science. But, you know, you're a, a living proof that I think sports can play such an important role, particularly in the dynamics of social media and less and less human touch of how to deal with people, of how to face failure. Mm-hmm. And it, it can teach you very, very important lessons. And I think what you guys have built at the district and, mm-hmm. and, understanding that it disrupts a certain way mm-hmm. of doing things well, is one, really, really special. I want to add one last thing because you have an opportunity when you're talking to a lot of these kids that are that are elite and perceived as elite is that we've had a lot of people that we've sat and talked to, NFL players, Hall of Fame players, coaches, all of them. The thing that comes up almost unanimously or universally is they talk about this time where the coach – either did something or yell something or they were at the bottom, they broke something, they hurt something. They like, nobody's like, Hey, I scored four touchdowns in a game. It's like, no, no one, they don't, they, they don't talk about that. It's the adversity and what happens and what a coach did or what they did or how they responded at the, what they at that time thought was like the low. And so these kids that are, you know, everyone's telling them how great they are. It's these moments that, like, teaching them how to handle adversity right. is going to be their biggest challenge. Man. They could jump through the roof. They got the height. They got the – they yeah. all – they check so many boxes. Yeah. But up here, when when they don't start or when someone tells them to take a charge, this is not just ESPN 100. Right. This is people all, all across the globe. For sure. Right? Like, people get – something bad happens. Yeah. And it derails. Not just that day. Right. But Life. the week, the month. It, and And – the, the thing the cool thing about my personal journey and helping others right my peers the high school kids the college kids I started with helping pros you know what I mean and then I started helping college you know yeah. I, I helped build a sports agency um in 2018 so then I'm helping kids transition from college to pros then I started working with high school kids backwards. and I went backwards. <laughs> so the experiences that from, from working on my own career and doing the things that I did for myself, I'm able to help my peers with yeah. horse and I are able to, to build this network of people and, and, and start putting uh, connecting dots with people as, as adults. Then we start working with the college kids, showing them how to market themselves, picking um, the right agent and um, identities and, and, and the branding and all that stuff. And I got thrown into this opportunity to yeah. coach Donda Academy and work with these high-level kids. And now I'm working with middle school kids and pros and all of the above because they all come through the doors at the district. Yeah, you know. So everything that we worked on in 2010 and building that network, oh, yeah. 
they're all here at the district. Yeah. And that to me is, is the, the it's priceless. It's, it's, yeah. I get chills talking about it, you yeah. know, because we, we couldn't. It's envision. passion. It's passion. Well, and you, with, you're making with, a big impact. Man, right. I, and yeah. changing things yeah. and the dynamic of how traditionally it's always been done, but For doing sure. it in a very different manner. Sure. And that's, that's where we're going to wrap today because we want to, and we, we had talked about it earlier, but getting all of the websites and the social yeah. medias because mm -hmm. people should be able to follow along with this journey as you For guys. Sure. You guys yeah, are so growing what, and evolving. Who do you follow? What what do we what do we the district? Uh, or what, what's the at handles? the district? Um, okay. Yeah, at the district. And we'll make sure to flash that on yeah. the, and everything to make For sure, sure we have the, the optics. And of then it. Uh, district academy. Okay. District okay. Academy. And do you have a handle as well? Cali Frank Five. Okay. Cali okay. Frank Five. Yes, thank sir. You. Yes, thank sir. You. Good. Well, listen. Uh, thank you very, very much for just sharing not only uh, just your life's experience, but how that folded into just this opportunity that's presented itself now and shaping sure. shaping youth in, in the right way. Um, so, audience, uh, thank you very much for for listening. Please go ahead and download us, like us. We're on all platforms, yes, Frank. Sir. You wouldn't believe this: Instagram, everything, YouTube. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's a wrap. And uh, thank you very much. And thank you guys. Uh, we'll yeah, appreciate it. Next Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.